give me another shower thought, Jared. Oh God, how long have I been in here? Oh wow, I really don't want to leave the warm water. That's the most realistic shower thought I think you've ever had. <laughs> Very literal. Yeah. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that really wishes you were in the room for some of Jared's predictions, because it was frequently on point this episode. (laughs) I am your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, my God, did you watch this episode before we watched it together? I did not, although I, I don't know, between this... And the sports gambling, maybe I'm psychic. <laughs> Who knows? No, if you were psychic, you'd be better at the sports gambling. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? How are you doing? Good. I, I I had another weekend where I bet a bunch of like small numbers. And again, not an advertisement. We're not sponsored. Gamble responsibly, blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, I, I made I came out ahead again. Um, like I made I made like 100 bucks. My prediction was right. So I could have made 250, but I cashed out early because I was... A little nervous about the last game of the day. Mistake. Yeah. Always bet against expatriates, coordinators, <laughs> head coaches. <laughs> One that intimately is a Lions fan. Jared's just bitter at the at the Patriots in general. No, I just... Not really. I don't give a fuck about the Patriots. I just know that their coordinators don't make good coaches. Oh, uh, fair. And when they start purging their entire team and bringing on people to do it their way, I've seen that play out, and it's not fun. I want to do it my way, Jared. My way or the highway. I am sad that we had to, that softball got canceled on us. I know today. Although I will say I'm a little proud of my ability for Stephen to text me and be like, "We need people," and then five minutes later for me to go, "Cool, I have four people ready to play tonight." Like, how the fuck did you do? I can't get people to play just. Who I've already signed up to do this. <laughs> and you're like, I have three people just at a moment's notice. You just got to know a guy. I I know very little guys. I'm the guy. You're the guy. Okay, that's fine. You can be my guy. I'm your guy. Nice. Speaking of guys, if you want to email us, that didn't work. Uh, it's all guys that email us no, right, well, at, right now. Yeah. But we, any gender can email us. Please do. Diversify our emails. If you want to email us and diversify our genders... <laughs> I'm fucking up all over the place. Email us survivortbt at gmail.com or you can message us on Reddit, u slash survivortbt. Just a couple emails today. One first one from Josh. Josh wants to say Production wanted Hatch to be on both Survivor Heroes vs. Villains and Survivor Redemption Island. However, he was blocked by the government who denied his request to leave the country due to his tax evasion. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, that makes it a little tough to go on a a TV show out in the middle of nowhere. It is a little silly on the government's part. Like, I do understand it, but you are on a production. Like, you're not as you're not really a flight risk on a production of something you could be is what the government is going after that there would, that would be a pretty funny sub story of survivor it really would oh yeah we uh we helped a criminal escape the country we lost hatch what do you mean we, we lost him he's gone we don't know where he is he went to go fight a shark bare fist and, <laughs> and uh he just disappeared he rode off on a shark it's crazy well i mean and like 
again, I understand why the government would do that. It's probably like a carte blanche rule. But it's kind of funny because the premise of Survivor is to take you someplace in the middle of nowhere. So, like, where do you you have nowhere to go? Yeah, but how much of that middle of nowhere is just nice camera tricks? Well, now it is. <laughs> like, looking at uh, Pearl Islands, like, that is an island in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that that's about as good as it gets. Right. Yeah. Production also wanted him to be at Winners at War. However, two separate sexual assault harassment scandals occurred on CBS. One of these cases involved Survivor contestants, and CBS went on a massive apology tour. All of a sudden, casting the guy who sexually assaulted a woman became a very bad idea, and he was cut. Yeah. And somebody that doesn't seem to be super repentant about it. Yeah. There's a world in which if it wasn't Hatch... You have somebody that's apologized. It was 15 years ago. I have made amends. I had head in hand. I'm very sorry, and I'm ready to move on. But from what you mentioned of interviews and stuff, that doesn't really sound like Hatch. He pretty openly lashed out at Jeff and CBS and pretty clearly holds no accountability for what he did. Yeah, yep. There it is. Yeah. Lex's AMA Reddit also gives some pertinent information on Sue's quit. I did want to mention this because I, for- I forgot to say this at the end. I had it in my brain as a note for the end of last episode, but it'll it'll kind of wrap in here. From Let Lex's Reddit AMA. Oh God, this is a minefield of a question, and we could talk about this all night as well. I remember a lot about it. That was a bad situation, and I really don't think Hatch meant anything by his actions. It really didn't seem that big a deal when it happened, but Sue's reaction nearly a day later was pretty bizarre. After she quit, she actually started reconsidering and wanted to change her mind and come back into the game. Interesting. All of us who were still in the game got a late night visit from production who wanted to know if we would be okay with her coming back into the game despite the fact that she had quit. I think that the producers wanted Sue back in because she was a popular player. And probably because that covers them a little bit from liability. Like, like yeah. easier to not have her come after you if you do her a favor like yeah. this. Or if you give her an ultimatum, like, if you promise not to sue us, you can come back in the game. Everyone on my tribe unanimously responded, fuck no. Wow. Yeah. So she did. She tried to come back into the game and production was like, we have to put it up to the players. And, and that's the right decision. Players said Absolutely not. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough spot to put the contestants into. Yes, it is. And I don't necessarily blame them for saying no. It's a shitty situation for, like, we have a whole episode talking about this. It'll come out out a couple days after we record this. Yeah. But for the people that were not involved at all, (laughs) that are just other people playing the game... That's a shitty place to be stuck in the middle of. Yeah, it's it's just a mess. It's a mess of an episode. It's a mess of a, a situation. And this just kind of is what it is at that point. The tough that, I mean, in the heat of the moment, you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. It, it does seem like it was an impulsive decision. I mean, one that is entirely understandable with the circumstances she was present, presented with. Yep. That's also, you know, it's not like Sue has not been somebody who has made impulsive decisions um, when the circumstances are different. And I can see uh, why people that are playing the game against her wouldn't give her the grace that I wish they would have. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, we have a whole episode talking about that that's coming out. We're recording early this week just because of the situation with softball. So 
here we are from carl carl starts off his episode five email steven i didn't say i wouldn't take any of your takes seriously again after the intro fiasco just none of your art takes your other takes are still valid all right well thank you then thank god steven the artist has bad art takes (laughs) obviously i'm exaggerating as well but still big fat l i'm gonna take that l thank you we love hyperbole (laughs) this is what we do we're all about that hyperbole I know I'm going to be so mad when you slam the Vanuatu intro, too. (laughs) We'll get there when we get there. That's a really good point about editing and production playing a hand in Alicia's response to Jenna's quit. One of you said it's good that Jenna's not trying to fight the aging process. Cough, cough, Jeff Probst, cough, cough. (laughs) We have our picture of the episode is Jeff Probst. Ah, kidding. That's from forty. No, I know it is. That's plastic, Jeff. That's that's a, that's a new Jeff Probst. <laughs> it's. I wish I could show everyone. It's it's him at Tribal Council with like a really aggressive face on, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot going on here. Just kidding. That sixty-year-old Jeff from forty-one or forty-two, I think. Real picture of the episode. Alicia noticing Sue christening the raft. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. <laughs> What are we doing here? Yeah. For the notes section, this is the third ever Survivor episode to get a parental advisory warning before its air. The other two being the episode where Redacted kills a pig and the episode where Redacted falls in the fire. Really? Yeah. Wow, they didn't think that the episode of Thailand sexual assault needed a parental advisory. I guess not. Those other two do make sense. Yeah. Oh, no. You definitely need that. They're very very graphically just a problem. Yeah. But yeah, for content, that you would think that maybe we're talking about some touchy subjects, even if they don't show the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those rating boards are kind of bullshit. That'll rot any wood I know, Tom says on Sue's peeing. <laughs> LMAO. I 1000% agree with your Tom takes. He can be creepy, but in a, but not in a threatening way. I remember the most I'd ever disliked him was episode six of all stars, which we haven't gotten to as of this email, but we have as of the show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just cause you're not date, you're not necessarily dangerous. Doesn't make it better. Yeah. We're with you on that one. Yep. Rupert calling Saboga hobo junction cracked me up. <laughs> Jared's insistence on calling Mogo Mogo Moga Moga is cracking me up. Dude, I keep doing it. You it do. sounds better as Moga Moga every single time. I think I corrected you once, like off air, but then I just kind of like stopped correcting you. <laughs> I don't. I don't know why Moga Moga just hits the ears better than Mogo Mogo. It's in your brain. Not only does the raft have to carry Lex, Kathy. And I, a normal human being, it's got to carry 260 pounds a hatch. That's the, that was the fat shaming I was talking about. That's from Colby, yep. Although that's not, I guess that's not necessarily, anyway. (laughs) Normally not for fat shaming, but that is a great Colby quote. It is pretty funny. It's, yeah. We're talking about this episode. I really don't like Colby this season. Every episode that Colby has been in has he's been worse than the episode before talk to me about that because there for me there is a reason in my brain but i want i want you to put that to words colby in australia was earnest and endearing and wasn't high on his own supply yes 
Colby and All Stars thinks he's the greatest thing to ever gift this earth and is also trying to play a game that isn't who he is and he is not good at. He's a little he got a little too big for his britches. Correct. And Sheehan kind of actually calls him out on it, being like, oh, Captain America, like a couple episodes ago. And <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I'm, I'm cutting this part out just from context clues that could give some stuff away. So I'm there with you, Carl, you and me. I, there, there's a thing that we share now. So I, I appreciate that. So there were two people in All-Stars who had next to zero chance of getting past their first tribal. One was Sesternino. The other was Hatch. Yep. And for similar reasons, everyone wanted to be the person to take down the legend. And Hatch kind of tells us that in his confessionals early on, where he's joking about, like, all the winners having targets, except for me. Like, he knows he's the biggest target on his tribe. Yeah. Oh, that connects with a little bit from be- before, where he says, All-Stars has an unfortunate trend of tearing down former players' reputations. We've already had Tina and Rob C. take a hit, and now we're going after Colby, and he won't be the last. And I will go after Colby this episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it kind of seems like in the episode they're considering voting off Ethan, but I personally don't buy that. People had for years been talking to Rich at events saying, if we ever have an all-star season, we're voting you off first. And from their perspective, who knows? Maybe there was a switch next episode and they're not the people that got to vote off Hatch. The prevailing attitude was that All-Stars couldn't even start until Rich was gone. Wow. Yeah, everybody wanted, wanted in, him gone. In that world, I mean, let's pretend for a moment that the sexual assault didn't happen for yeah. this conversation. That's like you leave the game in a place of honor, even if you're the first boot then. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. And then he decides to literally dick around and uh kind of muddies up that picture oops and rich is fun to watch this season because when you know that he knows that he has pretty much no chance it's pretty obvious he's just trolling the entire time oh yeah no i knew that he i don't see i don't agree with that take though i don't think that rich was a hundred percent i have no chance because that seems in the antithesis to who richard hatch is as a person (laughs) <laughs> i i think he knew it would be a challenge and i think he tried to rise to that challenge and almost did like i actually think that that was a little closer to going colby's way i mean i know it's a unanimous vote but like kathy basically tells us that it was was almost switched over to colby and she was almost there and i believe her and that's really impressive with the handicap that he's coming in with i i think he did know that it's it's a pretty long shot for oh. him to get anywhere, but I think as he got further and further into the game without even having faced a threat of being voted out, he's like, maybe I can make this work. I, I knew I know that he knew it was a long shot, but I just don't think that Hatch would think that anything is impossible for himself. Yeah. The man thought he could defraud the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, that is the level of hubris we are talking about. That's fair. He even says it in his unedited final words that he got out fifth instead of first so there makes sense uh something along those lines i 100 percent agree with jared that his exit is fantastic i especially like the just a little too hard backstab he gives colby <laughs> yep all of this of course makes the sue incident that much more unfortunate uh, of course it's mostly on him but production should have never allowed him to drop his pants 
obviously. Listen to our last episode. Yeah. There's a scene after Mogamogo beats Shapira in episode one where a naked rich taunts Sue and she kind of waves him off after a challenge. That and their other shit-talking moments become a lot more poignant when you know the future. It's true. Yeah. Watching this the whole season knowing what's coming is so much different on on the eyes and the ears. And that's part of the reason why I can... I don't obviously agree with Rich's refusal to walk it back, and I... It should be the easiest thing in the world to apologize and take responsibility for your actions. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But they, Rich has shown a history through season one and up until that point of egging Sue on for whatever reason. I don't know the, I don't know their relationship previous to that incident, and he took it too far. And obviously, none of that's okay. Yeah. But I can see from his mind where he's like, "Oh, I these are like we we joke with each other, we rib with each other, and you got to know where that line is." And he didn't. I mean, any anywhere you're uh, in a situation where your pants are off, you should maybe know that line is not being anywhere near another person. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's the that's, lowest of hanging fruit. Yeah. And then finally, Kathy's quote at Tribal stands out for me. There was loyalty last time where you get friendship and bonding. And right now it's just pure unadulterated playing the game. It's almost prophetic of what the show will become years down the line where personal relationships will almost completely cease to matter in terms of what the show focuses on. And Mogo Mogo Ah. is actually feeling the brunt of that and it's hurting them that it's game 24 seven where Shapira it's game, but they're also building relationships. It's vibe tribe, baby. It's vibe tribe. We love vibe tribe. Well, we love what it's, it's, it sucks that Claire and I in Thailand were like, it's the vibe tribe. And then it was, that was immediately Not milk. the vibe tribe. So this is the real vibe tribe. And now we can retake that phrase to mean something good. <laughs> well, cool. That's all I got for emails. Thank you. As always, everyone, like I said, we'll probably get a flood before the next one. Schedules for recording might be a little weird for the next month. So just kind of keep an eye out because I'm getting married. That's uh. That's going to throw some stuff for a loop here. We may have a week break somewhere in there. Yeah. We'll, we'll try not to, but I can't guarantee anything at that point. Sure. I mean, you're getting married. I think people will understand. Yeah. And you're coming with. That's true. I'm also marrying you. <laughs> I'm also getting married to both of you. Can, no, that's not how that works. You were officiating the wedding. I need to change the plans then. Bumper. All right, so this episode came out on March 11th of 2004. A couple things that happened in the week between episodes. The first one is a new constitution is signed by Iraq's governing council after the invasion and occupation by American-led forces. And it was totally stable and nothing bad happened afterwards. I swear, don't look it up. Yeah. The next thing, John Mayer died in a car accident. Sorry, what? John Mayer died in a car accident. I'm going to need... Please continue talking. Famous famous Indian composer John Mayer died in a car accident at 73. There it is. Famous for his Indo-Jazz fusion, Stephen. Of course. How could I have not known that? And the last one is... Terrorists explode simultaneous bombs on Madrid's rail network, ripping through a commuter train and rocking three stations, killing 190. Oh my god. So just, like, good vibes all around yeah, today. That was a great week in the world yikes okay <laughs> the number one song was still yeah yeah by 
expect it will be for a while. <laughs> it's a good song. The top five movies. I, I did want to bring up number six real quick because it's Lord of the Rings Return of the King, which came out like six months before this. Wow. That's how popular that movie was. I mean, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Number five, Twisted. Number four, Fifty First Dates. Number three, Hidalgo. Number two, Starsky and Hutch. And number one, by still a wide margin, The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, okay. I I pulled up Twisted for this week, Stephen. Yeah, I figured you would, because I don't know what it is. Yeah. As we've said in previous episodes, historical context, support the strike, and all of that. Although the Writers Guild, uh, at time of recording, has a tentative deal. Yes. I, it doesn't mean a whole lot with the actor strike also still going, but right. you're going to get some things back, assuming that it goes through like your talk shows and your late night shows. All right. So twisted. Okay. Recently promoted and transferred to the homicide division, inspector Jessica Shepard, played by Ashley Judd, feels pressure to prove herself in what better way than by solving San Francisco's latest murder? Question mark. <laughs> However, as Shepard and her partner, Mike Del Marco, played by Andy Garcia, soon discover the victim shared a romantic connection to her. As more of Shepard's ex-lovers turn up dead, her mind starts to become unstable, and she begins to wonder if she could be the very killer she's trying to track down. <laughs> what do you think this is rated on Rotten Tomatoes, Stephen? Oh, this sounds bad. I'm gonna go, like... Here, I'll, give you, I'll give you a hint. I want to watch this movie. Okay, I'm going to go with 23%. Audience, critic, or both? Let's go critic score of 23, audience score of 32. Wow, the audience score is 31. Fuck! You got you nailed the I, audience score. Yes! The critic score? You could never have guessed this. 2%. Whoa! The lowest I've ever seen on anything. That's bad. That's so bad. <laughs> that, okay, when you started describing it, it sounded like it was like 7 esque. Lucky mm. number 7? No. Or just, it's just yeah. called it's seven? Just 7. Yeah. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen that movie. What's in the box, Jared? What's in the box? Yes. And then it only got more insane from there out. The more I read the description, the more I was like, this sounds like a Nicolas Cage movie. It does, doesn't it? Oh. Our patron saint of garbage. <laughs> Not the bees. Uh, cool. Anything else? That is what happened around March 11th of 2004. What a strange time in the world. All right. Then let's move on to the episode. Episode 7. Sorry, I blew it. <laughs> so, this episode has so much foreshadowing. <laughs> it does. Just from that, we we throw some stuff on there. That starts your brain working into the amazing things that you call in this episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is now the third episode of the season that's paced strangely and the only one that production had control over <laughs> like Jenna quitting and Sue quitting. Those episodes are paced strangely because of course they are. Yes. This one, they just chose to pace it strangely. They decided to only do one challenge for reasons that confuse me. <laughs> and the stakes of this episode are really high. Yeah. But do we need that much time on it? There's so much filler in this episode. I really enjoyed the episode, but there's so much filler. This is the one time 
that we've seen so far that Survivor correctly analyzes that we have one a twist going on, two a very large reward that we want to spend some time with. They probably spent too much time on the reward. I would agree, but they too much time on the reward and not it wasn't specific enough. Yes. We just kept getting group shots of them hanging out and like if we're gonna spend that long on the reward, I want to see more one-on-one moments and maybe those just didn't exist yeah Still. they definitely did try to work on kathy though so i i wanted to see more of that yeah we i wanted to hear more of kathy's thoughts we get a lot of confessionals from her mm-hmm. when she's over there that also just might be who kathy is <laughs> that she's not gonna tell us everything either and i think that she is somebody that takes a while to process things we saw in the first vote of like hey give me 10 minutes like She's somebody where the gears are always turning. They're turning slowly, but they're grinding fine. She's making good decisions. She's making good reads, but she's going to take her sweet time doing it, which I think also kind of slows the pacing of the episode. Which I, I, we've seen her do that before. Like We've seen her in situations where she's presented information and she's like, okay, hold on. I, I can't make a decision on this right now. Yes. I'm going to come back to you. She's not incredibly decisive and i do worry that's going to be her achilles heel mm. and her her son <laughs> being more decisive than her cost her a million dollars look at my son pride is not the word she's looking for <laughs> we love memes here on on the survivor turning back time podcast we are fueled by memes yeah send us your memes uh okay so we we jump in and we start with mogo mogo Jerry is complaining about her back, and Sheehan is so sick of her, I want her gone. And by the end of the episode, they somehow vote together. Okay, question. Answer. There's a lot of Jerry shit talking this episode. Yes, there is. And we haven't seen a lot of that this season. As far as we can tell, she was well-liked on Saboga. Or at least, well, tolerated on on Saboga, yeah. Sure. I mean, I I think it helps that her and Jenna seem to be close. Yep. And Jenna had a a common enemy of Ethan. Well, yeah. And we're (laughs) running that tribe. Jenna was running that tribe into the ground, but she was running that tribe. Somebody's got to run it somewhere. It's not her fault, but it was being run into the ground. Do you think the dislike for Jerry on Mogo Mogo is as strong as we are trying to be led to believe outside of Sheehan? Sheehan tells us very bluntly that it is for her. Or... Do you think they're still riding her reputation from Australia and using her as a beating stick? I think a little of both. I think when when people already know who you are, or at least what you're perceived to be from this show, they they come in with this expectation and they're waiting to find those things that are going to drive you nuts. And I think she already had this thing of, all right, She's going to grind on like the stuff that she's going to do or say is going to grind on me personally. And then it's the self-fulfilling prophecy of she's complaining all night. Even if she woke up like once or twice and like shuffled around like, fuck, my back hurts so much. I I can't do this anymore. That's you're going to find that like, oh, I knew it. I knew she was going to be a problem. I will say the weakness that I see in Jerry and assuming that this isn't all editing, because there's, we'll get to tribal council and we get a lot of reactions to Jerry talking, those can be spliced from entirely different conversations for all that we know. Yes. But if those are truthful, man, self-awareness is not Jerry's strong suit. I mean, even 
from the opposite side too, where Sheehan and Kathy are in the water and like laughing and having a great time and calling someone that woman is a bitch or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Or I'm like, that could have been taken very out of context. Right, yeah. And they're they're clearly Sheehan and Kathy are gossiping. Mm-hmm. Sheehan and Kathy are gossiping about Jerry. Yeah. Have they gossiped about Lex? Have they gossiped about Colby? I mean, Sheehan oh, obviously doesn't like Colby. And are they just not showing us that? Like, is this something that they do all the time, but because it's Jerry and because there's that reputation, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's put this in there. Especially because it is pertinent to the episode because she's a target. Yeah. I mean, you're you're on an island with nothing to do. Of course, they're going to gossip about other people, too. And the two of them seem a little gossipy. Yeah. And they're very close allies. Yeah. So I, I'm more in the camp and maybe I'm just a a Jerry defender for no good reason. <laughs> but I think she's being uh I, I think I think we're being shown a very specific side of the camp for the narrative of this episode. Sure. I'm gonna make a badge for you to wear on your chest, the Jared Jerry Defender badge. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Jared Jerry Defender. Jared Jerry Defender. No. I'm gonna stop. Yeah, it's not great content. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we we pile on Jerry for a while, and literally everyone gets a shot at it because Colby's like, "I know that she ain't gonna win this game." Colby's, oh god, oh talk to me about that. Well, I mean, you already did. I mean, yeah, I did a little bit in the beginning. First of all, and I agree. I think his ego is pretty darn huge on this season. It's out of control. So Jerry and Colby treat each other like they are exes despite the fact that they never dated which is hilarious like they are friendly to each other like polite to each other because they're playing a game but to confessionals to us they fucking hate each other it's hilarious <laughs> yeah jerry's one goal is to make it longer than colby like that's funny but he says something here he says that like jerry hasn't changed since australia and i do not agree with him jerry's making some of the same mistakes mm-hmm. but not in the same ways not the same frequency and if anything, like the circumstances around her have changed as such that she has also changed. I think Colby's a little more blinded by his previous experience than Jerry has not changed. I agree. Yeah. We also go back for a second, a couple episodes. What the fuck was the point of picking Ethan in the split? <laughs> I, th- I think the idea was we get rid of him right away and then we decided we'd have better things to do than that. Which, that says a lot about Ethan. That <laughs> They're like, okay, we, that guy that guy over there, he's a winner, he's a threat, we gotta get him here over here so we can vote him out right away, we're gonna vote him out before Hatch. He, then they get him and they're like, oh, we don't have to worry about him. Nah. Actually, he's a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Great. Oops, sorry guys, I screwed up. I've talked about people in previous seasons who learn how to, or start playing the game halfway through. Or, like, towards the end. Ethan's a season and a half into Survivor, and he still hasn't played Survivor. Did... Okay. Has Ethan been beside... Okay, we talked about this a little bit before the episode started. Or before before we started recording the episode. Ethan has not been on the correct side of any vote that hasn't been basically unanimous. The Rudy vote is essentially a... You gotta go, old man. Your your in tr- your health is in trouble here. The Putting only, down the horse, load the, the shotgun. The only person on the wrong side of that vote was Rupert, who did it for moral reasons. Yeah, and then everyone voted for Hatch. Besides that, Ethan has not been on the correct side of a vote. Wild to think about. 
dude. <laughs> Do you think him being looked at in this way could be an advantage because he's still there and he could turn it around at any time? I didn't think All-Stars would have a goat. Ooh. I think Ethan is approaching goat status. Oh, okay. Interesting. He's useless. <laughs> wow. That's that's a take. All right. For this season. For this season, yeah. So we we cut over to Shapira, and they get a puzzle, and they're like, it's a reward challenge, right? I'm like, no, 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 no. Yes, it's, and. It's an immunity challenge. And we're like, oh, no. So we get to immunity challenge slash reward challenge slash stealing a person challenge slash let's just make this the highest stakes challenge that has ever existed. Yeah. This should have been the challenge that dissolved the tribe. This is a better challenge to dissolve a tribe than the one they used. I agree. I think this this would have been much more interesting to watch. It was much more grueling for everyone. And you could tell by... Yeah people's reaction when it was over yeah i mean kathy was basically in tears it, it's brutal it's tough and it's it's a it's a marathon not a sprint yes but the foreshadowing before we actually get to the challenge where they put the puzzle together and all of that they're talking in shapira and they're like oh well ethan chokes and i was like wow so ethan's the one who throws this challenge huh because the episode title is Sorry I Blew It, something that only Ethan would say. And they're foreshadowing that Ethan gets too excited and can't win challenges because of it. Well, uh, Rupert's essentially saying that who's going to beat us in a swimming challenge? Ethan? Yeah, okay. No, Jenna's the one who says, I mean, yes, Rupert says that, but then Jenna's like, he chokes. Yeah. And then he chokes. And then he does. Unfortunate. Real tough that they call their shot the entire time and Hilarious. Ethan lives up to it. Yeah. So we're doing a challenge. It is a floating puzzle platform slash boat that turns into a single person jungle sprint, which I never understand why they do this. It's to put someone in the fail position or the hero position or the hero position. Uh, and then you have to take the... After the hero sprint, you gather two paddles and go back to the starting line. And that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a, it's a pretty long challenge. Yeah. Also, Jeff still seemed weird. Talk to, why? Like, when he was talking, when they enter in, he still seems off. He's probably a little shell-shocked from the last interaction he had with everyone. Yes. Getting absolutely screamed out. Yeah. It's Jeff. It's wild. <laughs> I I would be too. And I, I think would be too. He he's a little he's walking on eggshells. He doesn't quite know what to do here and I'm sure he he doesn't have the power to start making decisions how to fix these things. No, he's just doing his best. Yeah. Aren't we all, Jeff? So they are playing for barbecue, an open bar, desserts, and steal a person for this one vote. It's too much. It's <laughs> they had this had to be both challenges because if it wasn't, Shapira would have been too lethargic to actually compete in a second challenge. <laughs> That's fair. Like, sorry, they're all hung over and got the meat sweats. Yeah, so no challenge today. Can't do it. They fit, someone fit an entire cake in their mouth, and then we have to we have to wait for that to come back down. Like a fucking cartoon. Yeah, it's like their cheeks are out of cake size. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, so the opening section of this challenge, you have to jump into the water. Every single person has to do it. Jump into the water, detach a floating puzzle piece, and then swim it back to the original part. Who had the best belly flop, Jared? And why was it Big Tom? <laughs> None of these people knew how to dive. So, who was it? Who did oh, I say had Amber. like a nice hitch kick? Yeah. Amber. Amber knew how to dive. Amber had a really nice dive. Everyone else just would fall on their face. <laughs> and the only thing I can think is that the boat that they were running off of like wasn't very stable to kick off of. Yeah. Because how can so many people fail at doing the same thing over and over and over? Have you ever been on one of those uh, floating, they're essentially like a bubble, where like you jump on one side of the bubble and it shoots you up in the air? Dude, I loved those things when I was a kid. It's super dangerous. Oh, they're so dangerous. It's, it's a problem. Uh, but that's kind of what I imagine in this scenario, is like, when you try to get off of those things, it's so weird, because you're like fighting against not only the bubble, but also the water underneath you. So you're like, I'm trying to find stable ground. Yeah. But it, it just isn't there. I want to find one of those and put Michaela on the other end of it, and I will jump on it. Absolutely not. I believe most camps where they have those, there is a weight difference that you, you cannot be over this much more than the person you're launching. I'm not going to tell them my weight. <laughs> I'm just going to send Michaela to the stratosphere. And I'm pretty sure the difference at the camp that I went to once was like... 50 pounds you're like nobody can prove it you're like doubling that i'm assuming probably. over michaela yeah probably michaela is small person michaela is steven's fiance yes but yes belly flops great and we're pretty even through the peace retrieval and <laughs> and this is the part we're putting the puzzle together we have the boat together we're shoving in the braces to keep the boat together and jared looks over to me and he said well, I guess this is about when, when is no, it? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so they're putting the braces in and I go, wow, I wonder when the time or when Ethan starts to throw this chair. And as I start to say the word challenge, he breaks the oar trying to hit in the support beam mid word of, tr of me saying that sentence. Yeah. Ugh. When is he going to blow this chat? Oh, there it is and right now. Okay. Oopsie doodles. Got it. Yeah. Snaps his paddle in half and boy, uh, tough to come back from that one, but they're they're ahead. They get yeah. to the beach first, and Ethan goes on the sprint. Rob is chasing after him. Rob, notoriously not, like, he's athletic. He's very strong. He's not a distance runner. Yeah, I don't know how far the distance is, but it seems like it's pretty far. It's, it's a good distance. Like, before we, I swear he did something like this in Marquesas. Yes. And he got so, like, winded from doing it. <laughs> he had to, like, lay on the ground and f take a minute. Yeah. That part of it reminds me of me playing softball where I just don't know my limits. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to sprint at 100 the whole time. <laughs> and then I get... If I have any success and I've had to run for more than three feet, I'm sitting on the bench and I'm like, oxygen, <laughs> oxygen. You're like a big man in football after they score a touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. I love those guys. I love when linemen score touchdowns. I do too. It's a good time. Uh, but yeah, they go off into the into the woods. Ethan chops down his, his two oars. We know that he chopped it down first because you can see it from the beach, the yeah. flag that raises up. And then... He can't get the paddles untied. My my favorite part about this is that Ethan seems to be developing this one-sided rivalry 
with with who? Boston himself? Rob. Oh, okay. I was gonna say himself. Well, because he doesn't try. It was like it sucks to lose to Boston Rob, and he's he's commented before. I think things that make it seem like he's he really wants to beat Boston Rob, and Boston Rob just doesn't even like notice he exists. I don't even know who you are. It's like the uh, the quote that goes so hard from Street Fighter the movie. It's like uh, the day that M Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. Or killed your parents was the most important day of your life. For him, it was just Tuesday. <laughs> Boston <laughs> Rob doesn't even think about you. <laughs> oh, Jared, I can't believe we quoted Street Fighter the movie on this podcast. Dude, that quote slaps. Street Fighter the movie, the game. The movie. The lunchbox. The action figure. <laughs> So stupid. Okay, anyway, Rob overtakes Ethan and gets back to the beach before Ethan does. Not, like, super long before he does, because it's definitely a sprint at the end to get back to the starting line. Too bad they only have five paddles. Too bad they only have five paddles, because they cannot steer straight. (laughs) It's going off course, and it's so sad. I think it was Sheehan has, like, the half paddle. Yeah. She's trying her best, and Ethan has the... The stick? (laughs) What is essentially a stick. Like, maybe use that for the rudder? I don't know. Or, like, you have five functioning paddles, so only one... You shouldn't be using the stick. Yeah. Five of you should have real paddles, and one of you should have the sad paddle. I don't know what's going on. All of it was just a mess. Yeah. Anyway, Shapiro wins. Oh, the boat was cool. I did like the puzzle of putting the boat together. The puzzle boat is cool. I like that. Big fan. Big big fan of puzzle boats. You know what I'm happy about, Steven? What? We don't have to start every challenge and every episode with going, was it good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And most of the time, the answer being no. Now the challenges are just kind of good most of the time. We we have hit a point where the challenges aren't stupid. If they're not made by eight-year-olds in their bedrooms, <laughs> they're usually pretty good. Well, you'll every once in a while still have a challenge where it'll throw you off. You're like, that was weird. I don't think I like that. Yeah, or like some that don't work. Like the puzzle box didn't, or not the puzzle, the, uh, the three items box, the, the mixer challenge. Like it yeah. didn't work. But I could see what they were going for. Mm-hmm. So many of the early season, early seasons, the challenges, I was like, what are they even trying to accomplish here? They just didn't know what they were doing. And now now they have probably game designers, people oh, sure. who his sole job is to think of these, build these, play it out and be like, yeah, I think this will work. So, yeah, Shapiro wins. They decide to take Kathy, Kathy on the great multi-million dollar boat and take her away from tribal council do you think that was the right choice i don't know that i want to answer that fair i do i think that the two options that were the right choice was kathy or Sheehan. Mm. because if you are shapira and you're trying to flip somebody i think those are your two targets i see weirdly to me i would have thought the other direction is i would have thought Jerry or Sheehan. Sheehan, I think, is is also the right move. Well, There's it, precedence for Sheehan <laughs> flipping. There sure is. <laughs> if you're trying to get information, then you don't take Jerry or Ethan because they haven't been around long enough to have the full context of everything. Yeah. They went on the tribe for like four days. I, I see that. That makes sense to me. Maybe five days. It's hard to tell with, with Sue's departure how many days have passed. Mm-hmm. 
Cassie's kind of a wild card, though. You don't know what she's going to give you because sometimes she's like super outspoken. Sometimes she's super reserved and doesn't really give anything or like has to take a moment and be like, hold on, stop the conversation. Let me go think about this. Okay, now I'll tell you things. Yeah, it does help that Boston Rob has that relationship. And obviously all of them have relationships with somebody. I forget about that Boston Rob Kathy relationship. Uh It actually, Sheehan is at a bit of a disadvantage because Sheehan's one of the only people that doesn't have someone else from their season in the game. And Rupert. Yes, it's Sheehan, Rupert, and Jenna from Borneo that are down to the last people in their seasons I can think of offhand. Wow, I didn't even think about, yeah, Jenna, the remaining Borneo. I mean, she has a connection with Ethan, not from the game. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay. This merge is going to be fascinating. It really is. It really is, Jared. So, we we get to go on a boat. We have fun. <laughs> There's not, like, a whole lot to talk about on this, because it's, it's mostly just vibing. Yeah. I did have to write down what the subtitle from this section is. Tribe Shrieking. <laughs> I wrote down uh, what I could gather from Big Tom's quote, because um, a lot of times Big Tom talks, and I'm like, I I can't understand you through your <laughs> dialect. Um, but he called it, it's like the fanciest house trailer, but on water. Yeah, that floats. That floats. That's what, yeah, the fanciest house trailer that floats. No, I, I love dude, that. Dude, it's a yacht. It, you're, you're describing it as something that it, like, it already is a thing. But and him, you're describing it as a house trailer. It, it, to him, it's just a houseboat. It's a... No, it's just a boat! <laughs> it doesn't need to be a high, it's a boat! We have those! Sure. Tom, you've seen... You've seen yachts on TV. But it's a fancy boat. How the fuck does that look like a houseboat? Have you ever been on a yacht? No! I haven't either. I've seen them. It's something... It's another okay, world, man. When you think of a of a... Of a fucking house trailer, as Tom calls it. <laughs> yeah. Do you think of that as being the lap of luxury? No. When you think of a yacht, do you? Yeah, probably. Then why are you calling the yacht a house trailer? <laughs> I see your point. <laughs> if he said a mansion that floats, that makes sense. Yeah. I here's what I want to do. I want to take all the all the vibes that go on from the boat. And then we'll switch over to Mogo Mogo and all of the shenanigans that happened there. On the boat, funniest things. One, they dive right into the food. Great. Smart. I would do the same. Two, the golfing scene. Fucking hilarious. It was funny. Boston Rob being like, I went to state for golf. First of all, I don't believe him. (laughs) I don't believe him for a fucking second. Secondly, the first swing just eat shit so hard he does he they should not have let them do this <laughs> i think they're kind of drunk and i think they're blasted out of their mind they're also wet and so yes. he's doing this barefoot on boat floor and maybe he was standing on the fake grass i don't think I don't, he was i don't think he was when he goes full swing he just follows through and his body crumples to the ground because you're not stable it looked like in a cartoon when somebody slips on a banana peel yeah like his legs went over his head and then here comes the second brilliant uh thing that jared said during this episode is 
immediately before Boston Rob takes his second swing, Jared says, well, I wonder, I wonder how long it takes for them to go or for, a, for somebody a, to lose a club, somebody to lose a club. And then Boston Rob swings and it goes right into the, into the ocean. Classic. At least it didn't go behind him. At least it didn't go f- like flying on the backswing. Correct. That would have been a problem. <laughs> but interesting that they have uh, environmentally friendly golf balls. They don't. Those probably dissolve. You think so? Yeah, I think that's what that. I hope so. Because they made we love a, throwing bullshit in the ocean. They made the point of that to like say these are environmentally friendly. Oh, balls. they did. I must have missed that. Because they they had a scene of I don't know if it was the captain or just an entertainment person being like, these are good. Oh, I it. swear. Okay. okay, I was probably writing something down. That's good to know because I was like, oh, good. We're putting plastic in the ocean. Great. However, environmentally friendly golf club does not exist. Unfortunately, <laughs> that that is an ocean uh, problem. <laughs> Did you know that every time something goes in the ocean f- when you're on a cruise ship, the cruise ship is fined? Whoa. Yeah. Good. So they have they have someone monitoring, I don't know if it's like cameras or sensors or what, but like there are assholes who just pick up deck chairs and throw them into the ocean. They get fined. Oh, like the the cruise line or the person on the cruise? Well, the cruise line gets fined by environmental protection agencies, and the person will probably also get fined for destroying furniture and maybe also throwing it in the ocean. Pass through the fine. Yeah. Good. It's probably not high enough. It should probably be higher. Yeah. Also, we should stop letting cruise ships exist. That's probably fair. (laughs) That was all good. They got their dogs and burgers and corn and peppers. Uh, Kathy feels totally welcome. Yeah. No, she's fully in on the vibe tribe. Here for the vibes. They stop at an island for dessert. They get to jump off of a waterfall. It's it looks fun. Looks like a great time. Yeah. I mean, like we learn nothing. Yeah. Except. Maybe it's planted seeds for Kathy forming new alliances and by extension, Sheehan forming new alliances sure. in the future. Yeah. And everyone's a little hesitant. We hear Kathy kind of talk that like, I don't know, like I could maybe see myself working with these people. Maybe not. And, and, and Alicia is like, I don't think she's telling us 100 percent the truth. And she's like, and I wouldn't expect her to. Yeah. Which is the mentality of all stars. Yeah. The other thing about Kathy, I called her not very decisive, and that is true, but she is very precise because she will, she lays out all of her options for us, and she goes, I probably will have to make a move, and I have to be careful about when I make it. It's not that she goes, maybe I'll make a move, maybe I won't. She's pretty committed to it. At some point, she's going to pull off a move for herself. She might not know what it is. She might not have made a decision what it is, but she understands the risks associated with it, and when she does she knows that she has to be a deft navigator and that is foresight that we only really see from her and lex mm. compare that to boston rob boston i like ah fuck it you get a move and you get a move and you get a move and now i'm going to file two with all of yous everybody get to move yeah i'm boston rob it's very different <laughs> So they're they're all having vibes. Then at the end of the night, they get champagne. Rupert's passed out on the couch in the in the boat. Is that? I wonder if that's foreshadowing for Kathy replacing Rupert. Ooh, do you think? I think it could be. Okay, all right. And then, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
other than Tom fishing. Tom's like, <laughs> sure. Tom, Tom doesn't catch anything fishing because, of course, you wouldn't. You're moving on a boat. Like, it's very difficult to catch fish when you're also moving. Right. But he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He's, he's just drinking. He's just there for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's the beach episode for Shapira. It kind of is. So, Mogamogo. Mogo, now we have to figure out what the hell's going on because we're down a person and we have to vote someone off. I kind of do like the down a person twist. It happens a lot. I bet it does. Yeah. It, it's really effective. It, it is because it, it throws you for a loop. It suddenly, if you had a plan, that plan is out the window. It allows the game to be temporarily mixed up mm-hmm. in a way that is impactful, but doesn't ruin the game going forward like it has consequences oh it does but it all it feels i don't know it 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 feels like a good twist and also they're smart about doing it when the tribes are at even numbers so this is the kernel of something that is going to blossom into something that survivor uses all the time in different ways but they will continue to find ways to throw off your tempo. Is it Exile Island? Well. Because I do remember Exile. I remember the, the existence of Exile Island from my childhood. But I don't know anything about it except that people would get. Oh, and they do it in 41. <laughs> that people get sent there sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and I then mean, they have to survive and it's sad. They they do use Exile Island kind of like that, but kind of not. Okay. I well, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. It's it's dependent. In, I, yeah, we don't need to talk about game mechanics of a season we haven't even talked about yet. Sure. So, everyone's kind of on edge. Um, Lex is like, the lead was ours to lose in that one. And Ethan apologizes formally to everyone, which feels kind of dumb. I actually think I disagree. Okay, tell me why. My first impulse was that it was dumb. But everyone knows... That you are the one who screwed up. Mm-hmm. And it works. No, like, it doesn't seem like anybody harbors ill will at Ethan. And Ethan does a good job afterwards of letting it go. He apologizes. He's like, he's, he beats himself up a little bit. He's an athlete. And he lost. But I think when people get in trouble is they get sucked into the self-pity this was much more of like taking accountability and moving on, which is difficult to do, but also something that Ethan as a semi-professional athlete has a lot of practice doing and mm. feels like genuine to him in a way that that gets the target off his back right away. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I think the apologizing for the things he screwed up is not the thing that I take away from this. Making a formal announcement that you are going to apologize to everyone, that I think is the overkill well yeah holding like, a press conference on it's a little fucking weird well they hold press conferences because they have to i'm only here because i don't want to get fined I'm, yeah <laughs> uh but him going up and be like uh i want to apologize formally to everyone i screwed up yeah the word formally is the we- it's the weird it's one just, in there <laughs> it's very strange anyway yeah he couldn't get the knot out and then he goes on you're either the hero or the goat I did, line. Him, I did call him a goat. It's a good line. Uh, Could yeah. he have used any other farm animal than the other one that is greatest of all time? No. Nope. Anyway. It's too late. So, <laughs> the 
we we kind of are playing out our options here. Do we want Ethan out or do we want Jerry out? Because Jerry, people can't stand her. I guess is what we're the narrative we're going with. What we're being told. Yeah. And Ethan, which I guess on this tribe could also it also probably holds a little bit of truth. I mean, we know that Sheehan doesn't like her. She yeah. just straight up tells us that we know that Colby doesn't like her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess we don't know Lex and Ethan's opinion. It does seem like Ethan has much more of like a, oh, I don't mind Jerry. But if they mind Jerry, then, then I, I have problem with Jerry, too. It's almost like he's a goat to be herded. <laughs> yeah. So... We, we have a little bit of a conversation with Colby and Ethan, and they're like, hey, I don't want Jerry here. You don't want Jerry here. Let's get rid of Jerry, says Ethan, putting out the fire underneath his butt. That's what I might add. It, it, it works. Uh, yeah. And then they, they bring Lex in on it, because obviously there's five. You need, you need three. You need three. Which is dumb when this is is it this is post rice fight or uh sorry not rice fight uh coconut fight with yes Sheehan and jerry yes so she so why are you getting lex get get Sheehan. that's that is the correct move i think the thing that is in colby's way here is that in this just the last episode we had colby saying i don't respect your game yeah so he thinks lex is the more probable option and nine out of ten times he's probably right because colby underestimates and doesn't respect the women on his tribe yeah in in terms of survivor not in terms of i don't think in terms of like them being people except here we have lex watching what he did last season and saying i don't want to play that kind of game again which is a little silly for lex because lex your game worked it did your game worked really well (laughs) it worked really well but it didn't it it didn't win it Uh, yeah i mean he he see what he's trying to do here is he sees the threats he says i don't want this person I, I could let it slide. Yeah, this is the right move. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. This is the right move. It's just, I thought that that, I'm not going to play the way I played last time. I was like, this is... The explanation this was is weird. This is kind of how you played last time. Like, you didn't have... I mean, I guess, unless he's talking about, like, in terms of, like, he should have gotten rid of Ethan earlier. Mm. Because that was the obvious winner besides him. But, like, you lost because you got food poisoning. It's not like you got chopped out at the knees early like you made it to the final three and lost because you couldn't win the last challenge (laughs) like i I don't know i i i was like no this is totally something i expect expected you to do this is he 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 brings us into it like it's completely out of left field and like a new thing for him and i was like no this makes total sense i got crazy concept how would i do something different but it's the exact same thing wow Wow. Okay. Oh, I also did want to talk about the Sheehan Jerry fight over the coconut just yeah, for a second. Go on. Because it does seem like Jerry just needs to stay away from the food. Just Jerry shut up and eat whatever food someone else cooks. Because in Australia, that was the big moment of her downfall. <laughs> and it was almost the big moment of her downfall here. Yeah. Stop complaining about the cooking. You're ju- just that thing that shut up about it. Can't do it, Jared. I need it. 
also the thing that Sheehan points out about like she's only willing to do the chores that other people are already doing would legitimately drive me fucking crazy and that's that's yes i would also be driven crazy on that one i would yeet jerry into the ocean <laughs> okay so we we get into this situation where lex is like i'm gonna make the big move all right let's get jerry on board cool and then we have to get Sheehan on board and Sheehan is the swing vote in this and we're not really sure what she's gonna do. We don't even see Lex talk to Sheehan. Nah. That's how much they don't want us to see how that conversation goes. Yeah. Which honestly tells me that Sheehan was super on board. Fuck yeah, I want Colby out. Let's do it. Did you see her face when they were doing the, like, Colby's talking and they're showing the people, like, reading the votes, but not, you can't, like, hear what they're saying? I, I don't think I did, no. Contempt. Mm. That is what I read on her face the, when she started talking about Colby without me being able to tell what she was saying. Sure. Yeah, I was I was looking up the where are they now at that point, which is what I sometimes do at that section yeah, when I'm fair. like, I know what's about to happen. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Anything else before Tribal? I don't think so. I did like Lex's pitch to Jerry. <laughs> it was kind of funny because it was a little bit like trying to sell a glass of water to a man dying of thirst. He's like... So I, I think he assumes that Jerry and Colby are close from their season mm. or like maybe because the way they've acted on the tribe, but he's like really pitching her on it. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm in. No, I say less. Stop. I, I will kill him right now. You had me at not me. <laughs> no, you, you had me at Colby. You had me at Colby. <laughs> that's, that's probably more accurate. Okay. Uh, yeah. So we get to tribal. Well, oh, Bring that back one second. I do want to talk about Sheehan saying, I feel trouble brewing. <laughs> that was it. That's all I wanted. Sure. This tribal happened. Sheehan's a great orator of events at camp. Yeah. Jeff asked Ethan, what happened? You had a huge lead. And Ethan's like, well, huge is subjective. Subjective. He's like, no, you had a big lead. I mean, he was, Ethan was leaning into it. He, he's like, yeah, no, I know. I know. Yeah. Jeff, you got to rub salt in the wound? Yes. Yeah, you're right. Yes, he does. You're right. And they go on, they talk for a little bit. Well, one thing that actually did surprise me at this tribal that is that was subtle. Boston Rob has a target on his back. Yes. They both Ethan and Colby address that I hate losing to Boston Rob. Not I hate losing to Shapira. To Boston Rob specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. And we know from Marquesas that threat management is not a good part of Boston Rob's game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So we, we keep talking and then we kind of get down to, all right, well, what's your plan then? What, what are you trying to do here? And Jerry's like, I'm taking out my biggest threat. And Colby chimes in like, okay, well, let me stop you for a second. Kanye West had the greatest album ever. <laughs> Beyonce had the greatest album of all time. No, he's like, I think that's a bad move. I think we still have to be like team strength right now. Yeah, because Colby might not be good at math, but Jerry just said it's Colby. Yeah. Like Jerry just said, I'm voting for Colby. <laughs> bye bye. Or if Ethan had too much of an ego, then maybe Ethan, but it's Colby. It's Colby. Yeah. And then she ends like, well, I don't know if you want to necessarily vote on tribe strength because that could be not great for, you know, going forward and definitely not me. Yeah. And I think Sheehan actually covers who she's voting for pretty well. Although at this point, I don't understand why people care about doing that in tribal. Like 
you could just say, hey, Colby, I'm voting for you. Yeah. Like, well, he can't fucking do anything about it. It's true. He can't. But then again, you want to see if you want to see the shock on his face without him being able to say anything, then that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. She covers it pretty well by being like, well, if we're going to vote for the weakest person, it's probably me. <laughs> and then the greatest lie of this entire tribal council, Jerry saying, I feel like I'm an uplifting member of this tribe who's good at keeping spirits high. The collective eye roll. So you think that's a lie? Uh, I think it's just tone deaf. I think Jerry truly believes that. She has told us that's her game. Since Saboga, she's been like, nope, I'm going to be happy, fun time Jerry. And it's just so antithetical to who she is that she can't, but she's trying so hard and it's so phony. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I do like Jerry. Me too. Yeah. Uh, And then that's it. Anything else? Oh, I also, Jerry is not good at tribal. Um, <laughs> Me either, Jerry. She's like talking about like, she talks about that. Like, oh yeah, no, I think I, I uplift everyone's spirits, which yeah, if that's, if those eye rolls are edited in from other conversations, like read a fucking room. She also says like, I'm good at strategizing. Jerry, that doesn't help your tribe. That helps you. Don't tell them that. Shut up. No. All right. Can't make me. Thank God Colby called Sheehan stupid then. <laughs> okay, so Colby gets voted out. 3-2. Thank God. Thank God? Thank God. Why? Not only has he been pretentious as fuck most of this season, he also hasn't been good at the game. Rich, Lex, and Kathy ran circles around him. Rich got voted out because of all of the stuff we talked about at the beginning of the episode. But Colby thought he was this really smart guy pulling on over on Hatch, and Hatch discovered it in a minute because Colby didn't talk to the right people. Mm-hmm. He blew up his game with Sheehan immediately, and if he stays, any type of, like, if Shapira stays together, well, guess what? Colby and Sheehan ain't, so there goes there goes Moga Moga. Sorry, Mogo Mogo. Aha, got him. And he can't he 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 put himself in the power position despite having no power. Mm. He took all of the downsides and had none of the benefits. Okay. All right. Do, uh How do you think Colby does in Future Survivor? He doesn't come back. Oh, okay. Uh, well, does he come back? He does come back. He okay, will, that makes He'll sense. be back in Heroes vs. Villains. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Probably as a hero? Yes, okay. as a hero. He, if he learns from this, he could be he could be successful. I think the problem is Australia was the perfect season for Colby. Yeah. He, he The golden boy was a good trope to be that early in Survivor. Yeah. And I think he correctly identified that it would not help him in All-Stars, but he doesn't, he, he he's doing a Rich or a Lex or a Rob Sesternino cosplay, <laughs> but that's, he's not good at it. I, I actually think he's playing almost the exact same game as he played in Australia, where it's, it's the bully pulpit where you hmm. you you lead and everyone's going to go with you and it worked in Australia he does it less tactfully here yes and no 
I think he tried to do that in All-Stars, but I also think he was trying to, like, in Australia, his bully pulpit was very outward. He, like, everyone, you could come up to, to Colby and know where he stood most of the time. Like, sure, he didn't, he didn't blow up his spot with Jerry in Australia. He kept things to himself. Yeah. But he didn't tell the rest of the tribe that he fucking hated Jerry. Now this season, he's telling Sheehan to his to her face that he doesn't like her or respect her game. He's changing up plans behind people's backs, telling them what to do through Lex. Like it's it's much less of a leader. Like he's trying not to be the leader and he's trying to be a mixture of like you're I, I do agree bully pulpit, but like a behind the scenes bully pulpit. And he's just out of his depth trying to do that. Cool. We need to stop talking about this episode. Uh, my uh, protagonist of the episode yes. uh, would be Sheehan. Oh, interesting. I don't think I would have picked that. Yes. Do you have do you have you could, you could also actually, you know what? That's a bad take. It's Lex. Okay. I think I think I was thinking it was Sheehan because it was the swing vote. But it is Lex's plan. And I mean, Sheehan has the the little bits before. She she is partially she, the narrator. She's of, the narrator. She's not the protagonist. Lex is the protagonist of the episode. He drives the action. Okay. Cool. Bumper. That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. Thank you all, as always, for hanging out with us. And thank you, Jared, for being here with me. Thank you, Steven. What would you like to promote? I would like to promote fucking around and being okay with finding out. And I'm going to explain. Please do. With two examples. One of which is uh, the way, again, disregarding the incident, um, the way that Rich had been playing the game up to that point, like... He fucked around all season. And when he got voted off and find, found out, he's like, he was like, ah, you got me. But I also have been seeing a lot because we talk about football a lot in this podcast. We love football. A lot of the, uh, a lot of Miami Dolphins content because they just absolutely beat the brakes off of the Broncos 70 to 20. And I love their head coach so much. Even if you're not <laughs> a football person, look up uh, Mike McDaniel uh like compilation Miami Dolphins he's so funny he's so like oh let's just like play it loose have a good time he's a very serious person underneath and he's very good at his job but he that type of behavior is infectious and actually we see a little bit on the season with Shapira of like let's fuck around let's let's lower the stakes even if we know that the stakes are high on the inside and let's have some fun and I think we can all use a little more of that. He's like if your local statistics nerd from high school grew up to be the head coach of an NFL football team. I'm convinced that he lost a bet in fantasy football and just, the bit got out of hand. <laughs> I mean, it's there's recorded audio of him being like, oh, let's just do seven runs in a row on this drive. Yeah, why not? Or well, like, well, and then he passed 
I think multiple times in a row. Yeah, he did one with like let's pass this entire drive, like let's never. No, run I mean when he said we're gonna run it seven times in a row. No, no, that one they showed the box score like that drive was all runs. Oh, okay. and then the next one's like all passes. I I don't know if this is if this is real, but I saw a picture from that game where he literally went into the audience and started like calling like having fans call. Plays. I don't think that's true, but it would have been funny if that is true. But the fact that we don't know if it's true <laughs> is great. <laughs> Because yeah. it could be. Uh, I we're way over time, so I'm just gonna keep this short. Uh, I will also promote the Miami Dolphins beating the brakes off of <laughs> Sean Payton. Because as a Vikings fan, we don't like that guy. But it's now baseball season again. Go Twins! <laughs> Win the World Series or at least one playoff game, please. It's been 18 years since the Twins won a, a playoff game, Jared. Yeah. I can't tell you how long it's been since the Lions won a playoff game. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. <laughs> Get wrecked, Lions. <laughs> I wasn't born yet. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.